Good morning and welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. This is Pastor Michael coming to you live and in person from our sanctuary. For those of you who are joining us via our drive-in, could we get a couple car honks so we know you can hear us? Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And welcome to those of you who are joining us via Facebook Live or calling in uh, to listen to the service over the phone. Um, we have a couple uh, quick things before we get to our service. Um, first of all, I want to thank everyone who has been uh, donating uh, things for our outreach in terms of some of the uh, like health and uh, shampoo and toothpaste and all that fun stuff, um, as well as items donated like mittens and hats and gloves. Um, our school that we give that to, uh, Bishop Elementary, uh, is very appreciative of all of those things that we uh, bring to them. I do have my Jesus. Hopefully you, uh, you have your Jesus. We're going to be having communion this morning. Um, and if not, if you are in the drive-in, um, Bob is on his way out with bulletins and uh, some additional Jesus. So uh, that is on its way. Um, do we have other announcements? Fonda, do you have any announcements this morning? Fonda, do you have any announcements this morning? Okay. All right, then let's, uh, let's get to our worship service. Fonda. You're on. Fonda, would you like to start us with the call to worship? Would you like to start us with the call to worship? Good morning. I'm running late. Shall you join me now in the call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin? Heaven is declaring God's glory. The sky, the sky is, is proclaiming, proclaiming God's, God's handiwork. handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next, and, and one, one night informs another what needs to be known. There is no speech, there are no words. Their, their voices cannot be heard by us. Yet their sound extends throughout the world. Their, their words reach the ends of the earth. Our opening hymn this morning, as it's printed in our bulletin, is The Heart of Worship.
Shall we continue on now with our opening prayer? If you'll read it with me. Gracious God, whose power is made perfect in weakness, whose wisdom appears as foolishness in this world, we thank you for the scandal of the cross. In Jesus Christ, you overtook all our usual ways of behaving and believing. You scattered our false notions of discipleship as easily as coins are spilled from a box. You correct our notions of piety and order with fierce passion. Do not let your church become content or contained as an institution. Raz to ruins what is distorted in us and rise us to new life as a community so that we may be the body of Christ in and for the world. With fear and joy, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And now shall we turn to our next hymn, How Great Thou Art. The words are printed in your bulletin.
you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. God of glory, glory. We, cannot we cannot hear, hear the, the heavens proclaim your handiwork, though the speech of the skies must be magnificent. We cannot hear what day and night are singing about you, though their song must be both bright and deep. Yet somehow you are made known to us through our own foolish proclamation. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that your word can be heard in our words. Open our ears to what you are saying to us today, we pray, and perhaps we may also hear echoes of your glory in the broad ferment above. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to continue our worship today by the scripture reading from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 to 17. If you'd like to follow along with me as it's printed in your bulletin. And God spoke all of these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet 
your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The house of God is not a marketplace for buying and selling. It is a house of prayer, a place of healing and restoration, a place where we bring before God our provisions to be used for present needs. Let us bring our tithes and offerings now to God. If you'd please join me in singing our doxology.
O Lord our God, we want to follow all your commandments, to love only you, not worshiping the things of this world, to love our neighbor freely, not desiring for ourselves something they possess. Accept these offerings, we pray, and teach us to be generous, giving fully of ourselves that we may truly be the body of Christ in this world. Amen. We will now sing verse 1 as a call to prayer from hymn number 496, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Please join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, you taught us to bring everything to you in prayer, and you know the things that are on our hearts and minds this morning, the things that give us cause for great joy and celebration, as well as those things that weigh heavily upon us. This morning, Lord, we bring prayers of asking for healing for all of those who are suffering whether physically, emotionally, or mentally, whatever may be holding them back, holding them down, Lord, we lift those who are suffering to you this day, those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. We pray that they may know your peace and comfort and that they may also know that there is no right way to mourn. We all do it in our own time, in our own ways. Lord, we lift up those who are battling illness and injury, including things like COVID and cancer and other diseases and viruses. Lord, we lift up those who are struggling mentally, who are battling depression, bipolar disorder, broken hearts, and so much more. We lift them all into your healing hands. And God, we ask that you would continue to guide the hands and the efforts of all of the doctors and nurses and surgeons and lab technicians, research scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, and so many more who are working so hard to help heal your creation. God, we also lift up all of those who work so hard to keep us safe in this world. We lift up all of our servicemen and women serving in the military, our police and firefighters, our first responders, and many others who are working diligently that we might go about our days in safety and peace. We pray that you would guide them in all they do 
live in their hearts and in their minds, guide their words and actions, keep them safe and strong. And Lord, for those who are serving far away from home, we pray that they may be able to return home soon and that we might begin to see an end to conflict in our world. We also lift up our nation and every nation in the world this day. We continue to battle with political unrest, injustice, racism, hatred, confusion, conspiracy, controversy. God, help us to see through to the truth of your love. Help us to see each other as you see us, as your beloved children, all equal and worthy of being, of mercy, of love and grace. Help us to live into and become the people you have intended us to be. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves and love you with all that we are and all that we have. All of this, as well as what is on our hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Despite all that God has taught us, we still act foolishly. We are still weak. In the cross of Christ, we find forgiveness and grace. We confess our sins, trusting in God's wisdom and strength rather than our own. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, how fickle we are. We sin against you without even knowing it. Clear us, we pray, of any unknown sin, and save us from willingly ignoring your way. Let your commandments rule and guide us. Forgive us for worshiping anyone or anything except you. Keep us faithful. Forgive us for failing to honor all our relationships, for those closest to us and those who are distant neighbors. Help us to speak words of blessing and kindness rather than words that belittle or destroy. Turn us away from violence, falsehood, and selfishness. Forgive us for thinking everything depends on our efforts and power. For you are the God who made us, led us out of slavery, and has brought us into the community of faith. Help us to depend on you alone and to rest in your peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please take a few moments now of silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, in Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and coming again, we are forgiven and set free to live in faithfulness with God and with one another. Thanks be to God. Amen.
there is one God and there is one mediator, Christ Jesus, who came as ransom for all to whom we testify. Please join with me as we repeat our affirmation of faith. This, this saying, saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory, Great indeed is the mystery of the gospel. Amen. We're going to continue our worship this morning by reading from the New Testament, the uh, Corinthians first chapter, and it will be uh, verses 1 through 25. Just a minute. I think I have the numbers wrong. It's printed in your bulletin, so. Uh, uh, here it is. Yeah, it'll be verses 18 to 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of his age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased, though the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. And we'll continue with hymn number 504, The Old Rugged Cross.
Our third scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the second chapter, verses 13 through 22. This section is titled, Jesus Cleanses the Temple. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered what, that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy Savior, you spent 40 days in the wilderness fighting temptation and hunger. You spent three years in your ministry helping the poor, the oppressed, the hungry, the outcast, the afflicted, and so many more. You then gave your own life that the world might be saved. You gave up everything for the sake of others. This is the good news of the gospel. Help us to live into the light of that good news. Help us to share that good news with others. Help us to love you and one another. May the Holy Spirit enter our hearts, souls, and minds to inspire us to good works, loving acts, and words of mercy. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, here we are on the third Sunday in Lent and continuing in our Lenten sermon series, Good News for Challenging Times. Last week, in addition to looking at the good news we continue to find throughout Scripture, both in the Old and New Testaments, we also talked more about looking at the good news in the world. Specifically, we highlighted how advances in cloning technology could allow us to help bring animal species off the endangered list, and possibly even bring back some others. God calls us to care for God's creation, and these advances could allow us to do that and undo some of the mistakes of the past for some of these species. This week, our message is titled, Still More Good News. Let us again, as in previous weeks, begin with our first reading for today from the Old Testament, specifically the book of Exodus. These verses are headed by the title, The Ten Commandments, and it's one that I'm guessing many of you are familiar with, um, at least at some level. Many of us know the Ten Commandments. Some of you may have even memorized them for Sunday school at one point, possibly. 
And this is an important passage for a lot of reasons. Please do not misunderstand me. The Ten Commandments are a big deal in the history of the Jewish and Christian faith. But in this case, I am more interested in the first half of the second verse. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In just that one statement, we find two extremely good pieces of news, especially for the Israelites. First off, we have the I am the Lord your God part. This is good news because God is telling them that God is their God. God chose them and God is for them as a people. The second part of the statement, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, is also good news. God saved the people from the literal slavery in which they were held by the Egyptians. That is good news. I know they complained later while forgetting how bad things were, but in those first moments, I'm guessing most of the people were overwhelmingly excited and relieved. But this is also good news for us today. And I say that because if God were willing to save the Israelites from slavery back then and continue to hold covenants with them, it stands to reason, at least potentially, that God would save us from the slavery of sin. Roman chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, verse 17 tells us, But thanks to God, be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have, sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So yes, God has saved us from slavery too. The slavery of sin. And again, that is good news. Sin causes pain. Sin causes difficulty. Sin causes destruction. Sin causes death. And God has freed us from that slavery through the sacrifice and victory of Jesus Christ over death. Now what about our second reading for today in the New Testament from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. What kind of good news do we find here? The header of this section is titled Christ, the Power and Wisdom of God. Now, I would say that those words are themselves good news in making the claim that Christ is the power and wisdom of God. God, who we claim is all-powerful and all-knowing, which therefore makes Christ also all-powerful and all-knowing, and we would assume able then to save us, as we have already talked about. Richard L. Pratt Jr. in the Holloman New Testament Commentary, in focusing on verse 25, offers that Paul closed this paragraph by explaining how a person could accept the way of salvation in Christ as wise when most people considered it foolish. Believers have come to recognize something about the gospel of the crucified Christ. It is wiser than man's wisdom. In other words, the message of Christ peers into reality in ways that far exceed any human wisdom. And again, this too is good news. This truth gives us courage and confidence in our faith and belief 
in Jesus and what he did and who he was. Finally, we come to our last reading for this morning, again from the New Testament, from the second chapter of John's Gospel. This section is titled, Jesus Cleanses the Temple. Now that right there sounds pretty good, right? Jesus cleansing something that has been great in the past, like cleansing the people who had leprosy. That was fantastic, so this should be easy, right? Well, that kind of depends on whose perspective you're looking at. You see, in this story, we get to see a side of Jesus that doesn't show up in Scripture very often. This is not the soft, fuzzy, let the kids come hang out with me, Jesus. This is a bit different version of Jesus that many of us might be, not be quite so used to or familiar with. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. So, from the viewpoint of those sellers and the money changers, this wasn't good news. This was, this was bad news. Their way to make money from people, and in most cases extorting people, was now literally upended. But for the people who they were taking advantage of, well, this was more likely to be seen as good news. But this is also good news for us as we get another example of Jesus claiming who and what he is. And an example of him using the authority that comes with all of that. Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. There's more good news here if we continue reading on. The people question Jesus on, on what authority he can justify his actions. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Here again, we have the words of the good news, the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus, the the very act that leads to our salvation, the loving grace of God. And after flipping the tables and breaking out the whip, I like to believe that he didn't say these words calmly or quietly, but maybe more like an action hero right after they turn and walk away and the explosion goes off behind them. There is a part of me that wishes I could have been there to witness this, but also a part of me that is glad I was not, because there is a part of me that thinks it was probably a little bit scary. This was also good news, though, for his disciples, even if they didn't understand it right in the moment. Verse 22 says that after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Looking back, they would understand what he was really saying and how it was good news for them and for all believers. 
So now after going through our scripture readings for today, let us turn to the world we live in. Where else can we find some good news? Well, how about five medical innovations that you may not have heard about that happened in the year 2020, the year that most of us still equate with a never-ending nightmare? First, we have advances in DNA work in what some are calling the ability to rewrite the code of life. What that means is that something like, for say, sickle cell disease could be cut out of the genetic code. We could prevent the suffering for so many people. Innovation number two is the numerous breakthroughs in heart disease and stroke research. These advances came together through some incredible interdisciplinary research and a lot of hard work across seemingly desperate areas of medicine as described by American Heart Association President Dr. Mitchell S.V. Elkind. Innovation number three is all about new advancements made in oncology and the treatment of cancer. New preventative techniques that could allow for fast and more accurate cancer testing, and even new work in developing a compound to degrade the androgen receptor for prostate cancer cells, which is what allows the cancer cells to grow. Innovation number four is the uh, democratizing access to medical care. Due to the pandemic, more and more people are turning to telemedicine using systems like Zoom to uh, talk to their doctor, to be in their doctor's office, if you will, to access health care. Dr. William Morris, the executive medical director of the Cleveland Clinic Innovations, said the pandemic facilitated a push at the government level and with state and federal regulators to reduce barriers to these tools that are critical lifelines for patients. Innovation number five is one that really hits home for me personally. In 2020, a possible breakthrough in Alzheimer's disease, research and treatment came forth in the form of a blood test that can diagnose this progressive form of dementia. I've had several family members and friends who have suffered from Alzheimer's and the idea that there is now a new way to diagnose it gives me hope for others. The test is still in the trial phase, but this could be a game changer. There are as many as 5 million people living with Alzheimer's in just the United States. And that number is expected to triple by 2060, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Those five innovations are some incredibly good news, in my opinion. Despite all the hardships and the challenges of the pandemic last year and continuing into this year, these things were able to come together. That too is good news in itself. The innovations themselves are good news without question, but the fact that the innovations were made during such terrible and challenging times is also good news. It shows the strength of the human spirit, 
the push to help people and the continued blessings of our God. So I want to challenge you all once again this week to look for the good news in the world around you. Because it is there. There is good news all around us, everywhere. It may not always be as groundbreaking as some of these medical innovations, but it doesn't have to be. Good news is good news, no matter how big or small. Good news brings us hope. It brings us together. Find that good news. And then just like the good news of Jesus Christ, go and share it with people. Let us be lights of hope and love and grace and mercy to others. Amen. If you would please turn to the page in your bulletin with our communion liturgy as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain he heard your still small voice. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, might. heaven Heaven and and earth earth are full of your your glory. Hosanna in the the highest. highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, 
gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion. And what that means is that this, the table doesn't belong to me, this church, our denomination. It belongs to Jesus Christ and he alone. And he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your sexual identity or orientation. It doesn't matter what denomination, if any, you might be a part of, all he asks is that you come forward with an open heart. This morning, because of our pandemic and the need for social distancing, we will be taking our communion uh, individually, but I invite you to do it all at the same time with me. You can choose to do intinction, which is just a big word that means you dip the bread in the juice and receive the two elements together, or you can take the bread and then drink the juice. Either way is correct. They're both equal. Neither one is right or wrong. Um, I invite you now, beloved children of God, join me in receiving the elements, the body and blood of Christ given for you and all the world. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We will close out our service this morning with hymn number 269, Lord, who throughout these 40 days...
In the Lenten week ahead, study God's commandments, practice the way of life they teach, and see how God's laws revive your soul. May God shine upon you, Christ fill you with true wisdom and strength, and the Holy Spirit guide you into all faithfulness now and forever. Amen. Have a blessed week.